Jason Hobbs with the California Mortgage Bankers Association. Welcome to Connect, our monthly podcast featuring one-on-one interviews with movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. As you know, if you've been following us this month uh, in light of the challenges that everyone's facing and the uh, the work from home uh, atmosphere that's everyone's reality now, we're doing our part to at least provide you some more content. And so every week here in May, we're providing you with a new episode, a new bonus episode of Connect. So today, I'm really excited to welcome our uh, guest for this afternoon. It's uh, Anthony Romano. Anthony is the CEO of eScreen Logic. That's actually a uh, local company uh, uh, for uh, the California MBA. We're based here in Sacramento, and Anthony's company is based out in the uh, Folsom area. So before we get, and Anthony, I'm sorry, is that is it Folsom or Gold River? I'm not sure what you guys uh, technically call it out that way. You call it Sacramento. <laughs> Sacramento, that's right. Sacramento-based, right? All right, well, uh, before we get started, I just want to uh, make sure and let everyone know that if you have any uh, um, needs as far as uh, COVID-19 resources, always a great place to look is uh, our website, the California MBA's website. We have a specific COVID-19 uh, site set up with uh, resources for our members that includes you know, the latest uh, release from FHA or the GSEs, and we've got a lot of good resources from our own membership. So make sure and check that out at cmba.com slash COVID-19. So with that out of the way, I want to welcome Anthony in uh, for uh, today's episode of Connect. Anthony, you're the, uh, the CEO of eScreen Logic, which is, a, like I said, a, a Sacramento-based company that uh, you guys deal with property and commercial real estate technology or prop tech. Uh, eScreen Logic's focused on the due diligence process, environmental, but mostly uh, the most faces of the due diligence process. Is that correct? It is. It is, yeah. Well, first of all, thanks, uh, thanks very much for having me today. Uh, we're excited. We're we're thrilled to be part of the CNBA. Uh, had a ball last year down in Vegas at the Craft Conference. Uh, we spent most of our time on the commercial mortgage lending side, but you know, you sort of said it. This COVID thing has been challenging for both residential and and commercial lenders, and so I'm looking forward to the smoke clearing and and getting back to some level of normalcy. No kid, no kid. Well, tell us a bit uh, more about uh, yourself and the company, and maybe what led you to this point in your career, and how uh, how you became the uh, CEO of eScreen Logic. Yeah. Okay. Well, so really, the last 15 years I've been involved in kind of what I call, you know, the the real estate finance uh, ecosystem. Uh, it started with a company here in Sacramento that was a data and analytics business that uh, we rebranded to CoreLogic in 2005. Uh, in 2007, it was purchased by First American, which most folks would think of as a $6 billion title business, but they actually have a, a number of segments and divisions underneath that umbrella. And uh, in, in 2010, First American spun out uh, about a billion and a half dollars of businesses that were all really aimed at the residential and, and capital markets uh, industries of, of the mortgage cycle. And uh, we went public under the moniker CoreLogic, uh, included a tax business, uh, valuation businesses, flood businesses, a lot of data and analytics and, and other technologies. And so I spent up until the end of uh, really 2013 uh, as part of the leadership team at CoreLogic and then returned to First American as the uh, chief revenue officer of their mortgage solutions division in 2014 and, uh, and really watched that company grow as they faced off with uh, lenders adding a number of acquisitions well beyond the, the, the title business and took the role uh, of CEO at eScreen Logic really January of 2019 and uh, saw just a, an incredible opportunity at, at CoreLogic and First American. Those two businesses did an amazing job 
really helping to improve borrower experience, collapse cycle time, bring transparency and, and technologies to the residential mortgage business. And, uh, and we see an opportunity at Logic to do very similar only on the commercial side. Interesting. I mean, that's a, I mean, to say the least, an interesting, uh, you know, career path. I mean, you spent, it sounds like most of your career on the residential side and then now to switch over to the commercial side. I mean, it, as you know, it's, I mean, it's a completely different set of characters and players and, and in some ways even a, a tighter, um, a tighter community of uh, players in the industry. What, how is the, how, what challenges have you faced sort of making that transition from one side of the business to the other? Yeah, I mean, I think the the cast of characters in, in terms of the institutions who are you know deploying capital, whether it's on the residential or the commercial side, particularly with you know national, regional, and, and community banks, is largely the same. Uh, credit unions do a fair amount of commercial lending as well, and then there there are uh, a host of of non-bank, you know, non-traditional lenders that do hard money, mezzanine, bridge type of financing on on commercial. Uh, so you know, the transitions have been you know pretty easy. I would tell you. Uh, the last four or five years in residential, you know, the term fintech, you hear quite a bit. There's been a lot of investment uh, and a lot of, um, you know, technology trying to really collapse the cycle time of a commercial transaction, right? The fact that it takes you, you know, an hour to get a $100,000 loan for a Tesla and takes you 30 to 45 days to close a refinance in, in, on your home. Um, the industry that you know significantly has been and there's been great strides out, out in the market on the commercial side uh, I would tell you fintech prop tech you know maybe a little bit behind and and there's just real opportunities disruptions probably uh, too strong of a word but real opportunities for efficiency to take cost out of the process and, and and just to make it a lot easier for a borrow in a commercial transaction to get a deal done Absolutely. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's it's interesting having in in our uh, sort of in our space on the association side, we've seen sort of both both uh, sides of the industry over the past, at least I have over the last you know 15 years or so. And you definitely there is a, a market difference in the uh, sort of the where everyone's at technology wise and you know communicating with it's just a different borrower segment too. So that sort of uh, uh, made the, the transition technology-wise a little different and a little bit different uh, speed. Uh, I'm on, on the residential side, I mean, it's been you know lightning quick over the last you know five years or so, the, the changes in the industry. And on the, like you said, on the commercial side, it sounds like there's a lot of opportunity there. So a question for you. Um, obviously, the you know biggest thing in the news still right now is the uh, pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, and all the you know challenges that that uh, brings with it. So, what are what are you guys doing at East Green Logic there? What pains are you solving for now, and both both now and in the uh, near future? And you know maybe how have you guys adjusted, and what are you hearing from the industry and your customers as to what maybe challenges they're facing? Yeah. So, so again, both on on residential and commercial, these. Uh, Obviously, the counties, and then it grew to states, and, and now it's pretty pervasive on the shelter-in-place, and we're just starting to see some opening up. But you know, for things like valuation services that require you to go inside a, a dwelling, uh, environmental assessments that require field, you know, site reconnaissance, uh, we we had to kind of figure out alternative ways to do that with uh, some virtual technologies. Uh, uh, we launched uh, some really innovative solutions on the environmental side, a product called Environment Street Pro, uh, that essentially is full. Uh, phase one environmental site assessment without the site recon piece of it. Uh, and it was all, you know, really all focused on helping our clients continue to close transactions. There was a, a big pipeline as you were into March, you know, end of March, 
that needed to get closed, and uh, and we were able to help you know sort of customers deliver. We we did that um, from remote locations. So we're you know we've been 100% operational since right around the 10th or 11th of March, uh, where our teams, you know, our operation centers in Florida, uh, uh, Texas, and California, you know, all those folks are working remote from their homes using technologies like this and and continuing to you know serve the client. So, so getting those deals done was super critical. We've definitely seen, you know, a bit of a slowdown, and we would suspect that, particularly in certain asset classes like, you know, retail and hospitality, and and uh, um, you know, a couple of the others, the property types, it'll be a little challenging. You know, it'll be a little difficult here as as we as we open up, but we see refinances starting to pick up. Uh, industrial and some of the specialty asset classes are still. You know, beginning to pick up, but uh, you know, it'll be it'll be tough sledding for the whole industry for a bit. Would be my take. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, so it, you know, I'm I'm curious here. Um, sounds like you guys are doing a lot uh, to change sort of the the landscape on the uh, uh, commercial real estate due diligence side in the process there. You know, so tell me where are you guys headed. You know, strategically. And if I was to you know say if we had this talk, you know, a year. A year from today, what would we be talking about in terms of ways that you guys have, you know, uh, continued to help the industry change and transition and modernize? Yeah. Okay. So let, let me take that in a couple of bites. So, so you know, when you think about commercial, first of all, you, you know, residential is a single-family dwelling, kind of duplex, uh, manufactured housing, trailer, etc. And then beyond that, everything is commercial, right? So, if, so from vacant land through every other asset class and property type. When, when those commercial transactions begin, so an application starts, uh, there's a whole host of things that are kicked off to help underwriting make a go or no-go decision. Things like an environmental uh, assessment, uh, evaluation of the property, a flood zone determination, potentially a property condition assessment, et cetera. And what lenders uh, have had to do in the past is manage you know, a panel of lots of vendors in different geographies and footprints and they would make phone calls and they'd place emails ordering all of these various due diligence services that ultimately wind up you know, in a, in a file for an underwriter to, to sort of review. What, what we've done uh, in late last year, we launched uh, what I think is the industry's most comprehensive platform called Radius. And this platform allows uh, a lender, you know, somebody in the lending operations, a loan processor uh, or, or credit admin, to log on and identify the property, uh, and then uh, order, status, get delivery, and archive any of these critical uh, you know, CRE due diligence services. So it moved you from back and forth on email and phone calls and trying to manage multiple providers to you know, a one-stop shop in an automated way to be able to quickly and easily order, you know, order this information. So, so directionally for us, uh, deploying that out into the marketplace, we've got probably 65%, nearly 70% of our clients that, that you know use us via Radius. Certainly, can still place a phone call or an email for for anything they'd like to do, but it becomes just such an easy way to manage their you know to manage the transaction, the loan transaction for them. Uh, we we recently uh, just launched uh, an extension of that platform where we've added some partnerships with iconic firms and really, really recognized firms in the industry like Clear Capital on the commercial property valuation side, uh, like Loretta, who I think is really the leader in tax and flood. We offer uh, commercial flood zone you know, determinations via the platform. 
Uh, we're working hard with a number of data providers to expand uh, uh, some of the pre-qual and, and, uh, and early pre-screen type of uh, reports that you would run at application to look at markets and, and get early indications of value. We uh, have a patent on a, a product called uh, uh, Enviro Prescreen, which is an environmental uh, prescreen tool that was generally you know, delivered to a client in about four hours, which in the industry, there's really nothing like it, right? The, the market would normally order halfway through a transaction, a, an environmental assessment like a phase one. And a phase one ESA is kind of the gold standard of, of a, an ASTM environmental review. And that's a $1,500 to $2,000 product that, uh, that often takes a couple of weeks. We created this pre-screen tool to help lenders and, and borrowers and investors determine what type of environmental assessment they need. It might not be a phase one. It might be a three-day quick turn of a desktop. So this product that was delivered in four hours, say five months ago, today runs in 20 seconds on the platform. So a user can come onto Radius, put the address in, run the property, and, and really get a six or seven page, um, very comprehensive report about the subject, uh, the adjoining and adjacent properties, and, and have some risk scoring to help them make a decision what they wanna do next. We think there's a, a lot more to do in those areas around, you know, sort of pre-screening commercial properties. Man, that's got to be a huge uh, competitive advantage for your customers on that. I mean, the, just the speed difference. I mean, we were talking hours and minutes and seconds instead of, you know, days and weeks. That's got to be a huge, huge change. Yeah, and, and, the, and the winner ultimately is our customer's customer's borrower, right? So the, you know, the bank or the credit union or the non-bank lender is is working with a borrower, and these are, you know, there's, uh, 10 residential transactions for every commercial transaction, but of course the dollars involved in commercial are significantly larger. And so when you're collecting from a borrower, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars at application to pay for some of these products that ultimately, again, the borrower pays for, get the settlement package, uh, the, the, the more you can reduce those fees and still manage your risk from a, from a liability standpoint, you know, the better. So that with this early indicator tool helps you not have to spend thousands of dollars in weeks if it's not required and and that was very difficult to you know ascertain before we developed that absolutely interesting all right well let's uh, switch gears here for a second i'm curious um you've been again on the you know sort of the residential side and now the commercial side um networking uh, the sort of the especially the face-to-face -face aspect of networking is it's obviously a big part of any any business but i think it's particularly important i've seen over the last you know decade or so here uh, on the commercial side, uh, it's just a, you know one of those things where it's a, a, a smaller universe of players than on the residential side, and it's really really important to have that sort of face to face because again, like you're saying, I mean the you know on an aggregate it's not the same um, the same dollar amount as on the residential side, but those individual loans are much more. I mean the risk is much greater than you know a single uh, uh, residential transaction. So I'm curious from your perspective. How are you guys managing to, you know, accomplish networking these days and get the message out there and, you know, interact with, uh, you know, uh, clients and prospects? Yeah. Yeah. So it's been, I mean, everybody's got that same challenge. Uh, you know, technologies like the, this GoToWebinar, obviously Zoom, we've done, uh, we, we do a, a Zoom call internally with uh, our staff across the country every morning. Uh, you know, what's, what's hot, what's not, who needs help, and what are we hearing from our clients in the marketplace? Uh, it's been incredibly successful with many of our clients and prospects who are in home offices 
uh, where we have meetings about different pieces of the business or our product line or or something of that nature. Zoom's been great. Uh, we've leveraged LinkedIn uh, a ton uh, with uh, with messaging, with videos, uh, you know, introductions of, of different pieces of the business or new products using sort of videos. Um, but you know, the, it, it's really hard. I'm, I'm hoping that the you know the, the handshake and the hug is not a relic of the past, and that at some point, you know, uh, uh, post this social distancing, we can get back to some of the networking because I I couldn't agree with you more. In this industry, when you talk about you know brokers and 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 bankers and, and title businesses and all the ancillary participants in the ecosystem, they like to network and and they like to share and and, and help each other's businesses. So I'm looking forward to seeing it come back a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely. I hear you. Um, so, a question for you, and I guess we're switching gears again here a little bit. Um, when it comes to advocacy, right now, I mean, it's really interesting. There's so much focus on the residential side of the business, but you know, just prior to the uh, uh, outbreak of the pandemic, and I mean, it will be a an issue going forward here. Um, we've had issues here in California with rent control, with split uh, split tax roll, uh, both being you know legislative efforts and uh, potential ballot measures. So where do you see, you know, what are some of the, you know, maybe the unintended consequences that uh, you see when it comes to either either one of those, either split role or uh, um, or rent control? Yeah, you know, and I, I paid particular attention. I think the MBA, the CMBA does a, a tremendous job with some of the lobbying and working through, you know, some of the legislation uh, with, with the regulatory bodies and, and various agencies and with your members. Um, I think there's a pause button on a number of things right now, right? As you as you're looking at so many of the retail and and uh, uh, you know sort of shopping centers and even a lot of the multifamily where rents aren't getting paid, where there's forbearance happening, I think you have a lot of people you know hitting a pause button for a period of time um, until the dust settles and and we can make a better decision. Because while you know depending what side of the aisle you were on pre-COVID, uh, those were two initiatives that people were pretty passionate about, and I think that there's uh, you know, other initiatives that are right now are being dealt with. So just as an example, many of our clients, the, the normal, you know, 7A and 504 SBA product or, or a normal traditional commercial loan has taken a backseat to the PPP program. So many of our clients are, are you know, have kind of all their troops focused on helping their clients, medium and small businesses, uh, get these payroll protection applications in and try to get funded. And uh, and when I bring up these kind of questions you just brought, I think people aren't thinking about it right now. I really see that we'll need to get through, uh, you know, the second quarter and into into the end of the summer, and these issues will get back right back on the table. Are you seeing a different sort of uh, vibe with uh, your non-bank lender uh, partners? Yeah, it's that's a great, a really interesting question because you had so much of, of the government stimulus that was aimed at different segments and, and, and different industry participants. The non-bank lender, uh, you know, who has no deposits and, and, and things of that nature, uh, I'm not sure where they fit sometimes. And so I think that it's, it, it's kind of a you know, double, double-edged sword. They may not have had access to some of that capital uh, in a couple of those programs, but they're also a little bit more shifting, a little bit more nimble. They're able to work with, there's they're still deals getting done, right? And as valuations, uh, start to change, and and I think they will. I, I don't think you'll see catastrophic drops like we did in you know 2008 to 11 type of a thing, but I think you'll see pressure on valuations. So I think you'll there, there's a lot of money on the sidelines, that, and with opportunistic both corporations, LLCs, and individual borrowers looking at these properties. And I I think you may see uh, the non-bank lenders maybe lead 
uh, in terms of some transaction volume as we're coming out of this, and maybe some of the the regional and community banks and credit unions was la would lag as they're focused on on some other program. That's interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think you might be right there. Um, all right. So, what, how about any uh, you know tips for both lenders and or even a, a vendor in the industry like you guys um, to maybe not just you know survive the next uh, you know six to twelve months, but thrive. I mean, what's what would you say is you know something you you know, got to have number one on your list? Yeah, you got to get the PPP. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, I mean, it, it just as a business and and even you know cross industry and and forget just the the real estate ecosystem right now. If you're a small and medium business, uh, you know, companies weren't built to not have revenue or to have revenue declines of 50 and 75 percent for multiple months. And and uh, and so, you know, as a leadership team here, navigating uh, these times and, and proper expense management and and you know, uh, judicious use of of those resources, uh, taking care of your employee base, making sure you know culturally everybody understands where we're at and how we're getting through this together and ultimately what reopening looks like both in the office and, and, and with the economy, uh, I think is, is super critical. And then I think being sensitive to, you know, meeting your customer where they are. Uh, again, like I say, we, we've got a lot of clients that we're doing a bunch of new stuff out in the market we think can help, but, but, but they're, they're focused on some other things, helping their clients get payroll protection, some of these other things done. And so you gotta be a little sensitive uh, at the moment uh, to where people are individually. And, and their and their entities, um, but I think in, in the same vein, continuing with outreach and exposure and awareness, and, and making sure that people understand post uh, you know post the dust settling, business will return, and and becoming efficient and reducing costs and improving a borrower experience is a big deal for any one of these lenders, and and um, you know we want to be there. I mean, we want to be there. We're launching a an initiative uh, that we call collateral certainty. And when you think about a, a commercial property and its due diligence, you think, you know, again, environmental valuation, flood and inspection, and all of those done right, uh, you know, provide really strong protection of the transaction and, and a post, you know, uh, transaction catastrophe, right? You get any of those wrong, and loss severity becomes a big deal for you know for lender borrower. So um, you know for businesses out there, now's a good time to innovate. Now's a good time to invest in your technology and expanding product and platform, so that again, as the dust settles, you're prepared to to really help the market your clients. Well, I'm curious. You know, I mean, you mentioned you know new product that uh, you know new product. How does if a uh, if I'm a vendor out there, what and you mentioned you know being sensitive to your client's needs in the current environment, and all that. You know, what maybe uh, practical steps, how do you do that when you've got, like you said, a new product or new service that you're wanting to roll out, something you've been working on for, you know, a year or more and, you know, just bad timing, but how do you sort of navigate that? I think, you know, again, I can only speak specifically for us. There's there's certain individuals inside of these institutions at, at any any bank credit unit or non-bank lender that, you know, we've sent emails, we've left some you know, lead messages, make phone calls, you do a LinkedIn connection, and often, uh, you know, when when we talk about innovation and 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 real change in the marketplace, uh, you know, chief credit officers at banks, chief lending officers at banks, uh, you know, heads of SBA programs, they're open to a conversation. So I've had honestly dozens of conversations, as has a number of folks on my team, the last few weeks, just a five or ten minute catch up with a prospective bank and lender that at the moment. Uh, 
uh, they might not light something up, but they're curious as to where this market's going. And, and that's where we're, we're kind of skating to where the puck's headed. And we know there's an opening and we know there's an opportunity for these banks to make some improvements in their, in their process and technology. And as that happens, we want to be there for them. Awesome, I appreciate that. Um, so, uh, last last question for you: What uh, any you know key message that uh, you want to leave the uh, members and the uh, the audience with today? Yeah, well, we had, I talked to had talked to Susan Malazzo, who again has been just a great partner, uh, the CEO of the CMBA, a great partner of ours, and 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 we really to the you know the uh, to a CMBA member today that is doing commercial lending, this platform radius and and this environmental kind of pre-screen tool, we think it. It really hunts, and we've had incredible feedback from clients and, and early innings and its evolution in the marketplace. But we'd like to make that platform and and that product, that's all subscription stuff, uh, a, a no fee, a freemium model to CMBA members through the summer, so that they can uh, get on, you know, sort of give it a shot, uh, build some efficiencies, get comfortable, use this pre-screen application uh, to sort of drive their workflow. And, and so we'll memorialize that in some formal fashion, you know, whatever you guys think, but that's something we'd really like to do to A, thank the uh, CMBA for being such a solid partner, and then really to your members to, to sort of help accelerate uh, their return into the you know, lending, lending process. Well, I appreciate that. If you had very generously, and I'm sure the members will take advantage of that. And I mean, especially right now, I mean, anyone looking for, for an edge and looking for a way to, you know, Will save some cost and improve their their process and and uh, um, their service to their own clients. I mean, I think that's a great a great opportunity. Um, again, thank you, Anthony, for your time today. Appreciate it. Um, if you want to find out more about eScreen Logic, go to which what's the website, Anthony? Yeah, they can go to uh, eScreenLogic.com. Uh, they can uh, certainly uh, email uh, support at eScreenLogic.com for any information, questions, etc. We're happy to happy to help in any way. Awesome. I appreciate it. And thanks again for uh, for your time, Anthony. And uh, if you uh, are out there and watching and liking what you hear, make sure and subscribe on our YouTube channel here. Or you can also subscribe and listen to us on uh, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud as well. And we'll be back next week for a uh, the final bonus episode of uh, Connect this month. And then following that into June, we'll be back to uh, monthly podcasts after that. Have a great day, everyone. Mm -hmm.